0: Welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice, where me, your host, Pastor David, helps you to talk about the things that matter to God and helps you to restore your voice. So I apologize for there not being an episode yesterday, but uh, I got interviewed by Joel Yont, co-founder of Spirit Fuel. Um, so go check them out spiritfuel.me M-E so spiritfuel.me anyway it was a great interview it was an honor to be um, interviewed yesterday Um, if if uh, I can get a recording of that I'll download it and then I'll upload it as an audio recording and then you can listen to it on audio podcast and be blessed by it so that being said Today, I want to talk about something that is on the heart of God. How do I know it's on the heart of God? Because he told me, because he had me pray specifically on this. What is that? It is the subject of unity, or should I say, the lack of unity in the church body, specifically in America and in the West. And it's sad To see the, the way things have been happening for quite a while i mean this is what i'm talking about it's not like something that happened overnight it's not even happened within the last um 10 years or so i believe um that the advent of social media the advent of the internet and all that um hastened this and made things much worse now because now everybody can be a critic Uh, so there is that you know anybody can make a video anybody can make an audio recording um you know cost free and say whatever they want and this is what we have currently in the american church so you know if we want to look and i'll say this before and i'll say it again and i'll keep beating this drum is that you know we see what's happening in america And we're like, wow, those people on, you know, left and right, Democrats and Republicans, uh, liberals and conservatives. And, you know, well, where did that start so much in, you know, to begin with in the church? That's where it started in the American church. So if you want to find out what problems are happening in America, all you have to do is look at ourselves from sexual immorality whether whether um, you know all the cuckoo stuff happening out there uh, well we just have to look at the acceptance and the rampant sexual immorality in the church now some of you may say well brother what do you mean the church well because the bible talks about it as a whole so we're basically I'm going to paraphrase here this is the new Maguire translation and I'm going to tell you that where one fails, everybody fails. That's right. I mean, just look at the moral failings across the board, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to, I said all that just to, just to show you the the rampant issue we have in the church today. Now, it's a sad, sad thing that Bill Johnson and Bethel Church, you know, are coming out to give people explanations for what they believe or what they don't believe. And I don't believe for an instant that they have to do that. I greatly appreciate Bill Johnson's heart in doing this, but I don't think anybody is owed an explanation just because they choose to view things through a critical lens and through a critical filter. And I will just say, that I that I listened to the entire hour and a half episode that, that Bill Johnson and Bethel Church put out. I listened to it in its entirety and guess what I love the heart of Bill Johnson. I' I've, I've just I listened to it and I discovered just how much my heart and his heart is aligned so be offended at that. Go ahead criticize me for it. well bye bye. Hasta la vista. Bye bye. Why? Why would I say that? Because I, I don't have time to deal with critics. Okay, I don't have room in my life to deal with critics. Okay, believe me, I had to kick that critical spirit out of my own life. I don't want to let it in by letting somebody else in who has that exact same spirit. And I say that not to be harsh, but I say it because the critical spirit is an infection. The critical spirit infects others; it gets around. So, hey, if you're critical in spirit, you know, bye. The critical spirit is the worst thing in the world, I think. One of the the worst things to come against. Because because critical people just don't want to learn. They only have one purpose in life, is to tell everybody else how wrong they are and how right they are. Okay, and in the Bible, right, because scripture, by the way, scripture is our filter of truth. Scripture tells us whether somebody speaks truth or not, whether somebody is a failure or not. Not our own opinions on things, right? Not listening to the people who, you know, want to say that the Bible means this. And you're like, well, you just said the Bible meant that, but you can't show me in Scripture, you know, like the cessationist out there. And, you know, you can't prove cessationism, in the Bible, not without going some weird roundabout journey down rabbit holes, but that's not the subject. The subject is the disunity. Now, Jesus in, in the book of John, right? He he's now about to be betrayed and arrested. So he's at the end of his ministry, he's at the end of his life. Right? So 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 he, he's now just finished telling his disciples okay, what's going to happen, what must happen, but hey, he gives them, you know, a good dose of hope as well at the same time. And then he does what every single one of us should do. Pray. I mean, one, Jesus, you know, him and praying are, are, you know, like breathing air, right? Rightly so. And he still is to this day. But specifically, he prayed about you know, God the Father preserving us, right? God not taking us out of this world, but preserving us from the evil one. And also for unity, right? He prayed, Father, I pray that they may be one just as you and I are one. In perfect unity. So if you don't know, that's how Jesus got everything done. Okay, it wasn't just because he was full of God, right? Um, I mean if that was the case then then why did the why does the Bible say that he he grew in wisdom? I mean if he was just God and not human as well, then he wouldn't have needed to. But we know that Philippians tells us that he emptied himself. Okay, not considering himself equal with God. It, it tells us that not because he wasn't God, but because of, of what he did for us to show us. You know what, this is what redeemed humanity looks like. Unity. This is what a redeemed nature looks like, unity. And this is what will get done when you decide to operate as one and in unity. You see me and dad, me and my father, me and my papa. So you see me and dad, How, how we do things, how we get things done yeah well that by the way should be the norm for everybody this is what a redeemed nature looks like and he demonstrated it perfectly not like everybody else right all of us everybody who's ever existed will ever exist um, demonstrates unfortunately many times uh, they're not the imperfect part of humanity but he did show us what unity looks like he prayed for that he didn't pray I pray Lord that the world will know them by their absolute perfect doctrine absolutely not Lord they will know I pray Lord that the the, the world will know them by their preferred Bible translation no didn't say anything like that by our love for one another by our love for one another, and I fully believe these these people out there who, who who think it's their role in life and their job in life to criticize others lack the love of God. And guess what? If you lack the love of God, then you lack God Himself, and therefore you lack salvation. Right? Because Jesus tells us in Scripture that it is what comes out of our hearts that defiles us. Right? Elsewhere in Scripture. And Jesus' brother, Jacob, slash James, tells us that sweet and bitter water cannot come from the same source. Tells us that, that cursing and blessing come from the same mouth, but it should not be so. It, 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 bottom line, more of the New McGuire translation, by the way, I'm working on it. It'll be done in about 50 years. And anyway, just to say that what comes out of our mouth on a constant basis will tell us the heart that we have. Do we have the wicked heart, right? The heart that is wicked above all else. Or do we have the heart of flesh where the instructions of God are written on it? Which one do we have? We can't have both and we can't operate in both at the same time, right? Sweet of water, bustings and cursings. And oh, by the way, that cursing doesn't necessarily mean f bombs and taking God's name and you know and using it disrespectfully. Um, disrespectfully, I just made up a new word there, by the way. Disrespectfully doesn't mean that. Though so those things are bad and they shouldn't be said, and we shouldn't use any type of that language. Surely. But the deepest meaning, I believe, of that text of between blessing and cursing literally means how we speak about other people. All right? If we're always calling them evil, 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 evil. If we're always, you know, referring to them as heretics, referring to them as this, referring to... And we're just naming those names, you know? That right there, I believe, is the heart what cursing means or do we bless other people or when we speak of them how do we speak of them because it, it'll make a world of difference and that literally is a salvific issue right like, but brother you just I, I thought it was you know believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth that jesus is lord that's all it takes right well can you really say that jesus is lord when you live like a sinner? When you just speak nasty about people. Especially in public. When you do things knowingly so against the Bible. Yes, I'm speaking to those senior theologians out there. Who think they can just speak bad about other people. And when the Bible tells us not to speak harshly to an older person, for instance. But you do it anyways. Right? People speak nasty about Bill Johnson all the time, clearly it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out it doesn't take a DNA test to figure out that he is an older man still people are going to speak about him that way I mean the Bible doesn't say um, don't speak to an older believer no it says don't speak to an older man but people do it anyways the Bible tells us lots of things, how we're supposed to treat people and I'm not saying we'll, we'll, we'll always do it perfectly. I know I don't do it perfectly. I wish I did. I, I wish that how I spoke was absolutely perfect. And I, and, and you know, admittedly so, it's not. And I don't mind admitting that. There's no shame. But that's not the way I am all the time. So what comes out of a person's mouth on a consistent basis will tell you what kind of heart they have. Two hearts and this is going to be I, I should make a sermon I probably will do a sermon on this two hours. but that's the purpose of this podcast episode is it's, it's trying to tell you out there my goodness we wonder why nothing's getting done we wonder why things are moving like they should but the prophet said so that they would well why aren't they because we don't lack unity Look, teamwork makes the dream work. It's one team, one fight. All right? It's either we all win or we all lose. But it's not both. Yes, it is that black and white when it comes to the kingdom of God. Now, let's take a break for a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. And we're going to continue. I left off before the break talking about this unity what that looks like talking about teamwork but but we don't see things that way we sing well you know what you look at the Bible translation I use my goodness you don't use that you're off or look at the denomination I'm a part of you're not even part of a denomination how can you even be right you need that denomination okay well Never mind that none of that is biblical. It's all man-made, right? It's all very pharisaical. Um, and but why do we use always using Pharisees? Um, because that's the sect of Judaism that won out after the destruction of the temple, by the way. But you know, there are plenty of scribes out there. Who are who are the scribes? are the Pharisees are the ones of the law keepers, right? us follow the rules, step and lock step with me. But what are the scribes? Right? Because we have different different, you know, people, types of people mentioned in the Bible, right? We have Pharisees, right? We got Sadducees. We got the scribes. Right? Well, the scribes are the people who knew the Word of God back front and center, right? They knew exactly what it meant. They could give you great expositional, you know, teachings on it. You know, they they could tell you from memory exactly, you know, where something was at, you know, in the Torah, of uh, the Bible of their time, they could do all that, but they lacked any power, any true understanding of it. Is what they lacked. So, it's great that people out there can tell you the Bible front and center. They, they you know, that 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 some of these apologists, defenders of the faith, whatever they want to call themselves, can 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 tell us what the Bible says. But my goodness, they are mean and nasty people. They are nothing more than scribes. They can know what the Bible says, but they have zero application. Why? Because it is not applied to them first. And that is a source of disunity, is that type of thinking. If you don't know whether or not they're nasty people, how do they deal with other people who are nasty? Do they show the Christ like love? Right? How are they toward atheists? Are they showing them love? Or do they treat atheists like the religious leadership? Oh, they don't because if they, you know, because that's the way they treat them, right? Because they don't see that doing that is wrong because they are the religious Pharisees. They are the scribes of the day. Now then we have the Sadducees right who were the Sadducees they didn't believe in the full word of God right they didn't believe in the resurrection that's that's one thing out of many that separated them um, from the Pharisees there are other things that separated them you know not believing um, in, in the absolute full word of God only believing that, that God spoke in the Torah the first five books so Genesis through De- 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 Deuteronomy, and after that, God stopped speaking. Okay, that's the rubbish that they believed, right? How? Wait, did that sound like a familiar crowd out there of people who don't believe that God really speaks to us today like He did in the Bible? That there, there, there are no signs and wonders today. Sound like a familiar crowd to you, right? And weren't the Sadducees pretty nasty people? I mean, the Pharisees were, the scribes were too, but the Sadducees were as well, right? Why? Because where is the demonstration of power at? They don't believe in that. No, why? I mean, if God wills, it'll happen and he'll do it himself. Even though the Bible tells me, even though the Bible tells us from Genesis, in other words, from from the creation of Adam, all the way up, To the end of Revelation that God has always used mankind. So, by the way, if I say up to the end of Revelation, that would mean far in the future from the Bible times. And sometime in the future from where we're at. Because clearly we're here and I'm speaking on, you know, internet radio. Anyways, I got sidetracked. I got to stop doing that. Maybe I should uh, not drink so much coffee. Nah, then I wouldn't be me anyways like people don't want unity because they don't believe in the full power of God if you don't believe in the full power of God for today then you believe in a powerless gospel and that would be a gospel that lacks love and if you don't believe me well what is the litmus test of truth what is really the litmus test of a godly believer is it that they preach the gospel well you know what Mormons think they, they they preach a gospel message right Jehovah Witnesses I'm sure many of you have had them knock on their door believe that they preach a gospel message so they believe it with all their hearts trust me go try debate one see what happens so the litmus test of whether you preach a gospel message or not is not the message or is not the proof whether the love of God dwells within you. Oh, maybe maybe it's because that person, man, you know what? They got, they've got, they written study Bibles, they've written commentary. I mean, I mean, don't you know who these people are? No, guess what? None of that either is a litmus test of whether or not somebody has the love of God in them. I've met, you know, very, very intelligent people who are downright evil. Very intelligent. You know, puts me and you to shame. But it didn't make them any more saved. It didn't mean that the love of God doesn't mean they sought unity. No. And I, I've I've met the nicest people. So so is, is how nice somebody is a litmus test. Maybe that's the test, right? No, I've met the nicest satanists. Believe me, I'll talk with anybody. That's just the type of person I am. I met the nicest Satanist. You know, there are people out there who okay, let's put let's put it together. People out there, intelligent people, highly intelligent. I mean, believe me, you got to be really intelligent to get a PhD, or I should say to be an MD, but both, right? Who fight for abortion, right? They believe staunchly they're right, you know. And if you talk to them on the street, you know, maybe maybe standing in line for coffee. Dude, wow, this person's really nice. So is 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 intelligence and, and the way so is is nice at times. The litmus test. No, absolutely not. At the end of the day, whether we like it or not, you know, we apply scripture, which we probably like it not because we don't apply it to ourselves first, because that can get really uncomfortable. Man, is the love of God really in me? I don't know what this scriptures say. What, how how did Jesus show off living a life? Because at the end of the day, we look to Jesus. We don't look to you name the great leader today, you know, or, or Paul even. I mean, Paul was clear and explicit, without a shadow of a doubt that he was imperfect. So we don't even look to Paul. So we don't we don't look to the authors of Scripture as as people we should we should emulate we should live like right we, we certainly don't look to the people written about in scripture especially not so we don't look to church fathers and by the way many of them held some crazy cucamonga straight up heretical beliefs and that's just putting it mildly so we don't look to them as how we should live or worship what we should, what we should uh, believe and what we should practice at the end of the day There's only one. His name is Jesus. The author of scripture. Right? The word of God. Who is God as it says in John chapter 1. Right? We look to him as how we should live. You know, the Bible doesn't say to be conformed into the image of Paul. It didn't say be conformed into the image of Augustine. It didn't say be conformed into the image of, of Bonhoeffer. And, and, and more. At the end of the day, we need to look to Jesus. The Bible tells us to keep our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith. So we're, we are almost out of time, and and I believe this is a much-needed topic today. And, and you know, I, I was in the Army for 20 years, all right? Not only was I in the Army, but I went to combat And why do I say I went to combat? Why do I highlight that? Because in combat, teamwork is essential. If you have one dude off doing whatever the hell he wants, not listening, guess what? Bad, bad things are going to happen. Casualties and such. We need to realize that today. Is it really that serious? Absolutely. Positively. We have an enemy out there seeking whom he can... ...steal, kill, and devour... ...and we've led him into the camp... ...right... ...we have... ...we have gotten off of guard duty... ...we have forgotten to be watchful... ...and the enemy... ...has snuck right past... ...we have had... ...you know... ...you know like when I was in Iraq... ...the first time... ...um... ...and other times too but... ...I remember this specifically because I... ...I had to deal with guard duty stuff... ...um... ...being in charge of stuff... ...but there we had towers right soldiers right and they were required to be alert in those towers in case the enemy tried something right and we had multiple towers around there and and you know they all you know we we had to make sure they that they did not read something they shouldn't be reading they didn't do something in other words nothing that would distract them from that most important i would even say sacred duty of guard duty and we have forgotten that precept in the body of Christ, right? No, no, no. We look at somebody and we think and we hear something that to, to us is off, whether it is really off or not. But we, we latch on to that Arr, like a bulldog Arr, and we won't let it go. We just latch on to it. Uh, did you not hear what so-and-so said? Man, I, I think some of these people need tape recorders to walk around with so, so that it could be replayed. A lot of the stuff that they say. Anyways, anyways, they latch on, you know. So they take their eyes off of, of, of what they really should be doing. And now, yes, they commit fratricide. Yes, we're, 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 what is fratricide, right? We're killing off ourselves, each other. Friendly fire. My goodness. My goodness. No wonder people in, in third world countries and such don't like the way the American system of Christianity is. Because at the end of the day, my friends, it's just American Christianity, not true Christianity. My friends, you need a revelation of the love of God. We all do. We need a deeper one every single day. But some of you out there, you just need a revelation of the love of God, period, because you thought you did. But when you examine yourself in light of scripture, you realize, holy moly, cracker, tolly. I like that. Um, You realize that, you know what? It's just, it's not in you. You're a nasty person. You know, you think it's your mission in life to tear others down. Hey, look, it's okay to call it wrong beliefs. I do it. Okay, it was done in the day of Jesus. He called out wrong beliefs. But notice what Jesus never did publicly. He never once called out a person by name publicly. And at the end of the day, my friends... It's Him that we should look to. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as we head into the weekend. All right, get in those prayer closets, whatever they look like, whether it's an outside nature prayer closet or whatever. Get in your prayer closets. All right, seek the face of God. Turn off the phone. Turn off the computer. Turn off the boob tube and get your nose in the Bible instead. And you study it for yourself and you apply it to yourself. So I'm your host, Pastor David, saying God bless you. Use your voice for what really matters, and that is to glorify Jesus.